So a lot of questions from our community this week regarding AEW and Tony Khan, and we're going to answer those next on Squared Circle Psycho Babble. Ralph, let's get right down to it with the first question here from Andy Boyce, Andy Boy Lettuce. Is it time for Tony Khan to get help with booking his shows? I think since Triple H took over WWE, AEW has been stale. Do I think Tony Khan should get some help booking? I absolutely do. Um, I think that him acquiring Ring of Honor has only added more strain and stress to his shoulders than he already had before, um, especially because he is working with other promotions too. New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor he owns. Um, so knowing that, that's a lot for one guy to deal with. I think that he could use somebody that has a little more experience to ensure that you know top guys feel special, top guys that are over get enough attention um, a couple things that I've noticed over the past, let's say several months, four or five, six months, however long is people like to use this terminology, long-term storytelling in pro wrestling. And we love it. And we want to enjoy long-term storytelling. Uh, I think with AEW, they fans kind of use that as a crutch because it spans from one pay-per-view to the next, knowing that there isn't as many pay-per-views. Look, just because... Uh, a story is touched upon every third or fourth week, that doesn't make it long-term storytelling. Um, I think that they need to do a better job of figuring out what are the main storylines, who's truly over, and putting those storylines or those people in positions where they feel special and they're relevant. Like, you see them consistently. And I don't think we get that. A um, couple examples off the top of my head. FTR. Probably the most over tag team in AEW, one of the best tag teams in all of pro wrestling. I feel like they're on dynamite in a prominent position, maybe every second or third week. Not not as often, especially haven't been booked uh, really well since um, you know being at that point where they were super over Wardlow. Uh, they they should put the guy in a milk carton. Where has he been? God only knows. He's hardly on dynamite. Never on their A show. Seems to always be on Rampage. Um, Athena. Uh, Ethan Page comes out four weeks ago, three weeks ago, cuts that promo about how it's his time and why is he overlooked? Couldn't tell you why he's been overlooked because we haven't seen him. Uh, Adam Cole, Fish and O'Reilly, like they turned on the Young Bucks, what was that, three weeks ago? Where have they been? Where's the explanation? Even the little things like Julia Hart joining the, the House of Black, no explanation that I could think of. Anna Jay turning heel, no explanation that I could think of. Like, those are the things that I used to enjoy about Dynamite, where they used to focus on good storylines building week after week after week. And now it's kind of like there's so many people, so much they're trying to pack into one show that it's every third or fourth week. So can in, can he and should he get somebody to help him with the booking? I think so. Yes. Tony Khan does a great job at pinning matches together and getting people paired up properly. His problem well, and it's weird because like there's times where like there's been some really good stories told. Obviously the story arc with Hangman yeah. Page, MJF versus CM Punk, MJF versus Cody Rhodes. You know, there's been some good stories there. But I think now he kind of spread himself too thin with the acquisition of Ring of Honor, trying to push the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, trying to get people to do cross promotion and you know, these guys are on Impact. These guys are in Ring of Honor. These guys are in New Japan. And it's kind of hard to book stories. And let's not, you know, add to the point that 
there's been some top guys that have been gone with injury. Brian Danielson was out with injury. Sam Punk was out with injury. Kenny Omega was out with injury. Adam Cole was out with injury. And that probably threw a lot of those potential stories out the window. And who was the next man up? And I think the pivots have not been there. Yes, Wardlow was one of the most over guys after Double or Nothing, and that follow-up has not been there. Yes, he was on Rampage. He's defended the TNT Championship a couple times. But this is a guy that was so white hot. There should be no reason he should not be on Dynamite on a week-in and week-out basis. I agree with you there. Especially the episode where it's in his hometown. Why is he not on Dynamite in Cleveland? Yes, I understand. He defended the TNT championship on Rampage uh, against Ryan Nemeth, but what the hell's going on with him? You know? And there's, and you brought up plenty of other examples. I think there's been some follow up with Julia Hart. I think there was an explanation with Anna Jay on why she turned with Jericho. She caught one promo in the back. All of a sudden, she's choking people. Like, it's just honestly like even with the jericho appreciation society with her like she was in it but then you hardly see her like if you're gonna put people in certain positions follow up on it make it seem important put those people over um have they followed up on some storylines like daniel garcia and daniel bryan yeah they have or brian danielson whatever you want to call him but to neglect the fact that they've just disregarded certain guys and certain stars and certain storylines Especially, I think one of the biggest things is knowing that, and this has been consistent now, the big debut, the announcement, huge announcement, huge announcement, the big debut, and then it's like they're ghosts. They are nowhere to be seen. They do not have that same momentum that they came into. Adam Cole, granted he was hurt, is one of those guys. Miro, uh, Malachi Black, like these guys debut and it's like, oh my God, this is great. Look how great the roster is. And they just continue to lose steam week after week after week after week. And that's not because they're not special and it's not because they're not talented. It's because one, you hardly see them. And two, it's like you see them every fourth week. You can't build storylines or, or, or you can't build stars that way, especially with a guy like Wardlow, who was so over, like you said, and then you just kind of neglect it. No, I understand too. You might have some fans that say, you know, that's just not the AEW brand. They're all about just having the best matches. Like match quality is first, storyline is second, whereas the other promotion, storyline is first, match quality is second. And that's fine, but you still need a story to get to that match. You could have the greatest match. And like, you know, we talked about Kenny Omega's promo last week or last episode. And it's like, you have. Him talking about Will Ospreay's five-star matches and no one remembers that. Why does no one remember them? Because there's really no story to those five-star matches. They're just good matches, you know? And yes, it's one person's opinion giving him the five stars, but still nonetheless, that's kind of what Kenny's getting at. And I think Kenny's philosophy makes a lot of sense. You could have the greatest match ever, but if there's no story leading to that match, who cares? Why should I be invested in that match to begin with? I think that's kind of where Tony has kind of fallen off the rails a little bit here and needs someone to kind of get them to that point. Even Vince McMahon had great right-hand men behind him all the time, whether that's Pat Patterson or Howard Finkel or uh, 
Bruce Pritchard. Now, some might disagree with those names, but still, he always had people that he had that gave him ideas that led to those big moments. It wasn't just Vince McMahon thought of everything. Someone always pointed him in that direction, and he just filled in the dots. Tony Khan has the destination. He just needs help with the roadmap sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with that. But let's head to the next question here from Hermie Munster. Do you think it's time for Tony Khan to put his foot down with John Moxley and put pressure on him to stop appearing in these, this is his words in the question, outlaw indie shows that reflect badly on him and by association AEW? Allowing talent to appear anywhere and work anywhere when they're not working AEW is a big attraction for those that are willing to go out and do those things. Uh, I think that was always a draw for them. Like this certain creative freedom to go and create and do whatever you want. So for him to just start saying no to that, that might be tough because you kind of lose that attraction that maybe got some people there in the first place. And do they I don't think do that house shows, so Max? that's part of the problem too. Right. Do I think that he should start telling Moxley specifically no? If Moxley's going to be the champion and he's going to go work some show where there's 500 people drunk in a small VFW and he gets hurt, knowing that all outs right around the corner, I think that's where you need to kind of toggle it back a bit. So do I think you should tell him no? Not necessarily, but if they're leading into all out and you're a couple months, I mean, that happened to Moxley, right? He was working in no Japan Pro Wrestling and he got hurt before a big pay-per-view and he couldn't perform. So it's happened before to other people. So uh, I think, yes, to a certain extent, he should start saying no to certain instances, especially if it's right around the corner from a big pay-per-view. And for context, those that don't know, that was, it was supposed to be Moxley versus Omega at All Out. When Moxley was working the G1, he got a staph infection and could not perform at that All Out and Pac had to fill in for that spot. So that's, that's what Rob's talking about there. But that's the whole employee versus independent contractor debate too. If Moxley's an independent contractor, Tony Khan can't tell him, listen, you can't work these shows unless it's in the contract. Like you can't work at, you know, wherever, but that's, that's kind of a weird debate to have. I have no problem, especially because they're limited dates. If they want to work other shows and other promotions and they're making extra income, I'm, I'm not going to say, no, you can't do that. I think that's more of Moxley's, uh, so consciousness and you know needs to think on the forefront listen my bread and butter is working AEW and being on the national stage and making sure I'm there for AEW at all times I probably should tone it down on the independent shows doing certain things that might get me hurt however at the same token you could also say he could get hurt at AEW just because the match happens in GCW or New Japan Pro Wrestling or whatever independent promotion he works at doesn't necessarily mean like it's going to more likely happen in an independent show than it's going to happen in AEW. Injuries happen regardless of the promotion. So to tell him to tone it down, and I get, I think this is more of a knock on him doing matches with guys like Nick Gage or Effie that might have negative connotations to him because, oh, look, they're doing this death match with Nick Gage or he's working with Effie and Effie's pleasing himself while he's getting choked out by Moxley. You know, you might not like it. Just don't watch the match. It's that simple. 
If you don't like what Moxley's doing in the independent shows, don't watch the independent shows. And guaranteed, there's a smaller percentage of people watching those independent shows than they are watching AEW Dynamite. So I don't think it's really given that big of a black eye to John Moxley that he worked a match with Effie. It gives probably more notoriety to Effie than it does negate John Moxley. But next question comes from Torta de Langua. Will All Out lose a lot of pay-per-view buys due to CM Punk no longer being the world champion? Uh, it's a pretty easy one to answer for me. Uh, yes, I do. If I mean, a lot is pretty open-ended. What do you consider a lot? Some would say 10,000. Some may say 100,000. Uh, regardless, if John, if uh, Punk is not champion and is not going to be on All Out, there's no way to shake that. He is their biggest star, at least one or two. Um, not having him on there doesn't help. It only hurts. So yeah, I think it does hurt them. You look at Forbidden Door and Punk was not on that show. And they did decent numbers. I mean, they expected my they exceeded my expectations for that show. They still sold the 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 arena out. Regardless, I mean, some probably bought that show thinking they were gonna get punk, but still went regardless. I said in the previous episode that AEW has their dedicated fan base and they're gonna buy a pay-per-view regardless of who's in that main event. It could be Mr. Hankey versus Eric Cartman, and they could still sell that show out and still do a decent pay-per-view buy rate. I don't think they're going to match what they did last year's All Out, which was record numbers. So you're going to see a decrease regardless. Even if Punk was on the card, to have them hit 200,000 pay-per-view buys like they did that show, you know, you'd love it for it to happen, but that's an outlier. That's, you know, their peak numbers. And I think the momentum that AEW has right now, whether Punk is on the card or not, I think they're going to not hit that number regardless. Now, do they hit 150? They still might. 130? I think 120 to 130 is a feasible number for this pay-per-view, regardless of who's on the card. That's just me. And I'm sure people in the comment section might have better predictions, but I'm saying 120 to 130 is a good prediction there. But Next question comes from Big C187. Stevens, is it better to strip the belt from either the men's or women's world heavyweight champion titles uh, when they're injured uh, or then to have an interim champion? We've seen CM Punk, you know, and the interim champion with John Moxley. We now see Thunder Rosa having to, you know, she's not vacating the title. But there's an interim champion all out with the Fatal 4-Way. Is it better to vacate the title or have an interim champion? I don't really get bothered too much by interim champions, mostly because I watch a lot of UFC and they do that pretty frequently. And I, I think it tells for a natural, a natural storyline. You know, once that person comes back, you don't have to do the whole thing where, all right, we got to build CM Punk back up. He's got to get some wins. It's like, no, he was a champion. He had to, you know... Uh, vacate the title or or whatever the case may be we have an interim champion while he's out and uh let's unify the title so i think interim champions are fine whether it's labeled as the interim champion or the vacated champion that is the number one contender because he never lost the title you're getting to the same destination anyway it's really no different i think some people might just don't like the term interim because it's not the real champion but Whoever wins that unification match anyway 
is the champion regardless. So it's the same thing, in my opinion. Uh, next question comes from Shay Aganubi. Do you think people are overreacting with the recent success of WWE and AEW dropping a bit? Uh, I don't think people are reacting. I think you see people reacting who, um, you know, pretty much the same way people reacted once AEW came to fruition. So, you know, you got people who are excited. Think about this. You've, people have wanted Vince McMahon out for a very long time for a number of reasons and not even related to what he was actually kicked for, kicked out for, shockingly. So people have wanted this change, creative change, putting new guys in different positions, more wrestlings, better storylines. So... You know, and are we are we are we really the ones to say, hey, you can't be excited about that? Do we I think that people are overreacting? If you say, hey, AEW is dead because WWE is putting on good content, I think that that's a, a stretch and, and a bit bit of an oversight um, or overestimate, I would say. But um, I don't think that it's wrong for fans to be excited. Um, do I think that there's a correlation there between AEW producing content that's not as good maybe as it used to be and WWE producing content that might be a little bit better than it used to be? Are they related? Not directly, but I don't think it's encouraging to see AEW kind of maybe going in the wrong direction while WWE is going in the right direction because let's face it, some of the people that left WWE to go to AEW left specifically because of things that were related to Vince McMahon and the creative process and some of the things that they couldn't do and not being positioned right. And knowing that Triple H has that relationship with some of those guys from NXT or elsewhere makes it more likely that some of that top talent could jump back. So, um, yeah, I think that while they're not related, I do think that there is some relation there. WWE success should not be related to AEW success. That part I agree with, but I think the reactions to both really are two different reactions. Like, I think it's just because they're happening at the same time. People are talking about this. WWE getting better has no affiliation with AEW not being as good. And to say fans are overreacting to what Triple H is doing, I don't think... it's not an overreaction. I think it's more of a honeymoon phase. It's like, look, Triple H is making the changes he wants it to be, and we're liking it so far. Wait till things don't go in that direction. Like, listen, everyone loved NXT, but as soon as they went on to two hours on the USA Network, people were saying that things weren't as good. Trip That was under Triple H's, you know, direction. And that's why AEW was able to beat them how many times in the ratings. And, you know... At that time, AEW could do no wrong. NXT could do no right. WWE could do no right. Right now, the roles have been reversed, and it's a weird situation. Are we overreacting? No. Fans are actually liking what WWE is producing right now. Fans are not liking what AEW are producing right now. It's just the nature of the beast. That, within a month or two, can completely change. That's just how it is. But. Our last question, speaking of, you know, people moving the WWE and the creative direction or whatever, comes from Sam yep. with Triple H in charge and bringing in his own guys. What does this mean for Cody Rhodes when he comes back for injury? I think Cody will be fine. I, I don't think there's going to be any hiccup. I think he'll get right back on the saddle, get the spot where he once was. Him and Seth will probably finish up their feud 
maybe at WrestleMania. I think he would be a favorite if he can make it back for the Royal Rumble. Um, I wouldn't if I was Cody, I wouldn't be worried at all. I'm not worried as a fan. I'm not either. I think honestly, the story's there. Now the question is, do they continue the Seth story or does it matter who the champion is? Do they have Roman go all the way to WrestleMania, not do Rock and Roman, but Cody and Roman, and Cody's the one that dethrones Roman? I don't think Rock and Roman really needs the title. Um, and I think that's more of like a Vince McMahon mindset than it would be Triple H's. Who knows? I mean, time will tell, but it's going to be interesting to see how things progress here. But if you have questions for us that you'd like us to answer, we just offered memberships and part of the perks that you get with a membership is priority for the questions answered on our Ask SCPV episodes. Also some other cool perks there. So click the join button underneath the video or the link in the description. And if you can't afford the membership, no worries. Just subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. That's good enough for us. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.